This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They, um, you know, uh, even uh, when we went in at half-time, I thought that... uh, a point, although we got a point in the end, I thought at half time a point would be uh, would be good would be good. Tonight on Homestyle Radio, Ben Nagel, Nick Gusset, producer Mikey. Yeah, I went up Loftus Road. Um, it was two two ex Crystal Palace players. It was Routledge, and it was Derry crossing from the right into the box, and Routledge he nutmegged it through Norworth, Northworthy, <laughs> and into the left past the diving Simonson. It's QPR one, Sheffield United nil. But firstly, your host for tonight, Chris Hambling. Hi, welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling. Um, okay, just... Oh, uh, well, what, hmm? what was that noise? What was that noise? What was that noise? <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for that, Peter. Brilliant stuff. <clears throat> right, uh, welcome to Homestyle Radio. Um, obviously, you've heard the lineup. It's myself, uh, Ben, and Nick today. Um, well, packed show. We're going to take you through, obviously, the, the, the famous... Uh, win against Man United and what was essentially a bit of a come down uh, on Friday night against Derby but plenty to talk about uh, and we'd love to hear from you today if you can uh, email us it's radio at homesdale.net uh, you can get uh, if you go to the chat room it's wholeradio.net forward slash chat you can talk to some other listeners in there uh, you can message us on twitter it's twitter.com forward slash whole radio include at whole radio with your message and also you can message us on facebook it's facebook.com forward slash whole radio and of course you can also give us a call during the show at any point it's 0208 123 1646 with calls being charged at your local rate they should in fact they will it says here come out of your mobile bundle 
So no excuses not to give us a bell. Um, and basically, we're, we're looking for uh, memories of the that fantastic night on Wednesday. And you can probably hear my voice still hasn't recovered from screaming my lungs out. Um, just just an amazing, amazing night. And well, that's where we're going to start, really. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the other lads in here so I can get a chance to actually cough. I, I, I'll start with Ben now. Ben, you had um, you very nearly didn't get into the ground. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't know you were going to bring that up on air, but yeah, that is, that is right. I, uh, well, I personally, I think I would still count as a concession. At Palace, I'm a concession, so I thought, mm. you know what, going to Manchester United, I'll, I'll buy a concession ticket, so, so yeah. I did that. Unfortunately, that is only for 16 and 17-year-olds, and I'm I'm 18, so mm. I saved myself a, a bit of money when, when you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that, and as I was walking up to the to the turnstiles, we got stopped by a bloke who looked at me ticket, and he said... Uh, uh, how old are you then? And I obviously I'm 18, so I went yeah I'm 18. And then as soon as I said it, realised oh sh- no, I'm, uh, 17, 17, I'm 17. Mm, um, good work. Yeah, and then he asked for ID. I didn't have any ID. I mean, why would I? I'm 17. Don't need ID. No. Um, and then yeah, I had to kind of my mate had to sweet talk us into the ground. So I was very very close to not seeing that momentous occasion. Would have been would have been a horrendous thing to have missed. That would you yeah, just stood outside and listened anyway? Well, we were thinking about that. Well, originally we thought we'd probably go and try a different bloke <laughs> if it let us through. <laughs> yeah, if, if all failed, then yeah, pub I guess, which would mm. not have been very uh, nice. Nick, did you get to go to the game? I forgot to ask you earlier. I didn't get a chance. No, it's school night, so although yeah, I was in strike on Wednesday, I'd have had plenty of time to get up there. But getting back <laughs> and facing all those kids yeah, on well, uh, Thursday morning would have been horrendous. So we, we stayed in and watched it, me and the yeah. boys. And we had a all fabulous that. evening. Excellent. Well, that gives us a full perspective. You know, obviously, you get a different perspective at the game um, than you do watching it on TV. So, hopefully, we'll cover all bases on that one. Fantastic. Um, okay, and obviously, uh, you were both at the Derby game as well, weren't you? Yeah. Bit of a come down, do you think, Nick? Well, the people, the people around me uh, had been to Old Trafford, and they said it was kind of a, a bit of an anticlimax. Now, I thought even the cheering when we scored against Derby just seemed somehow muted. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we'll come on to Derby in a, in a short while. Uh, what we're doing today, we've got a. Um, uh, hopefully, you'll all know about RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk. Um, Terry there's got a few. Uh, well, he's come up with a commemorative T-shirt as he did for the Brighton game. Uh, if you look at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash whole radio, you'll see a picture of uh, uh, listener Matt's young daughter wearing the Brighton One Palace Three T-shirt that we gave away, and we'll be doing similar today. It's. Uh, we were doing a thing with four word reviews. If you can email us at radio at homestale dot net or use any of the threads on the BBS or whole uh, four word review to give you some examples. Um, Jack, that's uh, Jack at Jack J F C P F C. Oh my god, that's a difficult one to say. He came up with Manure One Palace Two. Um, so that's a four word review of that game. So if you want to send us your four word reviews, uh, the best one. Uh, we'll, we will judge, and we'll uh, we'll be giving away a T-shirt for you, and we'll announce that a little bit later on. Okay, I'm going to start the show with Jerry's email. Uh, every time I read Jerry's emails, I always say I should have read that at the start of the show. Um, I'm actually going to ask Ben if he wouldn't mind reading it, since my voice is failing. Ben, are you all right with that? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> cool. Right, so Jerry says, don't be fooled by the Reds making changes to their team. We did as well. The devil is in the details of this bruising jewel. We lost Sean and United ensured Wilfred would get a les- would get a lessons on how to say balance on his feet when some of the United challenges were scandalous. <coughs> Palace were entertaining and engaging and were more 
than a match for our hosts, playing without fear and causing these Red Devils more than a shock or two. Very special mention for Stuart O'Keefe and Murray as they worked extended overtime. Glenn was sublime, fetching, holding the ball, turning up everywhere. His inclusion in the second half improved us even more. So pleased he got the winning goal. Glenn is a quality player who's coped well when not being provided with good service. Footnote, whenever Palace have played in semi-finals in recent history, we've either been relegated or, as in 1976, failed to get promoted, having a certainty to go up at Christmas 1975 to the second division. We'll be all right. Well, plenty to talk about there uh, from, from Jerry, as always, and he's very much helped me in that I haven't written any notes for today. <clears throat> so <laughs> so I want to I actually start with, um, well, I mean, obviously, a quick summary of the game. Uh, hopefully, I mean, everyone saw it pretty much. Every single Palace fan would have seen, seen or heard something from that game. Um, as I said, it, it's a famous moment for us. It, it's one of those games that it's not only a were you there moment, it's just going to be something that will go down in history. I, I You know, I didn't think... I mean, you go back to 89 for our last win at Old Trafford, but that's that's a different era for football, in my view. Uh, I think, you know, there's much things were much more on an even keel and, and smaller teams could, could get results against big teams at their own grounds. But I, I honestly couldn't really, realistically, I wouldn't have been surprised if in my lifetime we'd never won at Old Trafford again. I, I wouldn't have thought that that would be a, a strange thing. So to actually be there on Wednesday night and to see it was... I mean, I'm still utterly bewildered and utterly shocked now. I just can't quite understand it. Um, and obviously the, the first half, it was one of those where you just thought, well, you know, Man United are going to get the, the hairdryer treatment off Ferguson for that because they were poor. Um, we made them look poor, I think, as, as Jerry alludes to. We really you know, really did work extremely hard um, to, to keep them level at, at half-time. But then, obviously, what happened in, in the second half was just beyond all, all belief and recognition. So probably the, the, the place to start really is, is with Ambrose's one to go. Um, where I was positioned, I was positioned quite centrally, so I was right behind the line of that. And like most saw, the, the ball went out to Wilf on the right-hand side and I thought just run into the space. But it, 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 all, all game he did cut inside quite often. <clears throat> but he cuts inside and, and obviously Ambrose had come on on the left-hand side there. Scanner had got himself injured and obviously moxie got injured as well but but you know scandal sorry <laughs> ambrose comes in off the left as as he often you know did when he played under warnock so you, you know start out on the left drift in central but when he's when he's put the ball up there you're thinking after the millwall game you know don't shoot darren because you know <laughs> he was just hitting you know lucky the ball stayed in the stadium with a couple of the efforts against millwall you're thinking just don't do it but you know that's what he's all about and I've never seen a, a ball struck like that. It just it it moved three times to my view. It sort of it straight, then it arced to the left once, twice, and then the third time as it hit the net, it's just it's just sensational. I mean, it seems to get further and further out every time I talk about it and every time I see it. But I mean, Ben, I don't, I don't know about your view from it. What, you know, can you describe your uh, your emotions as that happened? Mm. I mean, I was a, a bit left of you, um, and to be honest, it's all it all blurs into it into. Like every memory that I've got of it blurs into each other, and I don't fully understand what happened. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. Everyone around me was was cheering, and I kind of hands on head, open mouth. Literally, I couldn't believe what had just happened. Um, I was I was also in, almost in tears as well, actually. Um, but it's shown, it kind of shows that that as a Palace fan, you, you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, yeah. Ambrose, well, he scored goals like that before. Obviously, the Aston Villa 37 yard free kick. Oh. That was even further. I think about 40 yards when it the goal. Um, yep. And I had a long journey back after the game down to Eastbourne, so I went had the official coach back to Sellers, and then I was driving back down to Eastbourne. 
I thought actually I'll just I'll pull over at my house and I went in and watched it about 200 times on, <laughs> on Sky Plus just rewound yeah. it played it rewound it played it and it, it's just amazing best goal I've seen I, I love I mean obviously got it on Sky Plus as well I love uh, rewinding it back to the the sort of the real time moment as he hits it and yeah definitely it's, it's uh, what coming the commentator whatever it was whatever his name was but it's just the way he says um you know, not a bad effort or something like that. As as, <laughs> a, as Ambrose hits it, and you think, my God! To his credit, he says later on, I think that was a bit of an understatement. But I mean, Nick, you watch, <laughs> we watch that on TV live. Um, <laughs> yeah, what were your thoughts? Yeah, but but my my reaction wasn't wasn't dissimilar to the uh, YouTube clip I've seen recently of uh, <laughs> the man who just repeats um, a couple of swear words eight or nine times. <laughs> um, we went bloody do lally in the house, absolutely do lally. Drinks got knocked over. And I, I've just never seen seen a Palace goal like it. I mean, Neville said at the end, and with a bugbear, let's have two Man United uh, pundits in the studio afterwards. Mm, yeah. It must be said, look, bloody miserable, and it was really enjoyable. Um, <laughs> it, it was the best goal Gary Neville said he's seen at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and it was the block. I was just thinking, um, do they use a different type of ball in the League Cup than they do in the league? Yeah, I don't. That I makes don't it dip and actually, swerve like that. Yeah, um, it, it. I don't know if it's a different ball, but I, you know, it's certainly the modern the modern football move is in a different way to a, you know to that of even sort of five to ten years ago. Um, so I think there's possibly, but you think it's quite similar to how uh, Cristiano Ronaldo used to strike the ball for for Man United in you know with his free kicks. There's a one against Portsmouth that stands out in my memory, where it's a similar sort of thing. He just you know, it seemed to move about three or four times in the air. Whether it's a, a technique or whether it's a mod, the modern ball or, or a little bit of both, I don't really know. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it was absolutely stunning. <clears throat> for, for my part, sort of watching it when that went in, I, I mean, I've I've probably never screamed at the top of my lungs for that long in my life. I just, you know, everyone just grabbed each other and just started absolutely screaming. But like like Ben was saying, it was kind of a um, like disbelief and shock as well you kind of wanted to you know in a, that old sort of uh, stereotypical way sort of clasp your hands to your head and sort of shake and rub your eyes as if it you know as if it you know how the hell did that actually happen but you're kind of like caught between going absolutely mental that your team's gone one up at old trafford and then not quite thinking that what you've just seen actually happened so it's quite a weird mix of emotions and in, and in the middle of it all the um uh inverted commas response team stewards at, at old trafford in orange were you know just I assume they're Man United fans and they decided that they were going to take out the fact that they just conceded a wonder goal on on a few of our uh, young supporters which was a real shame to see you know just for celebrating you know something spectacular and out of the ordinary you're going to get kicked out of a game you paid forty two pounds to see which is extremely extremely annoying and, and a sour note but I think from what I understand a lot of those guys who were removed from the premises still you know either either stood outside or found a pub or something like that and still still enjoyed their day and still got their their moral victory I, you know i just wanted to bring that up really um <clears throat> just gonna read um aaron and mikey's uh, comments out that they've just left for me aaron says he took his shirt off and ran around outside shouting eagles must have been a good uh good look down there in burgess hill and um <laughs> Mikey says he went slightly insane and then the missus just stared at him, so he stopped. Ah, she should have joined in. But um, some fantastic memories from the guys there. Um, okay, um, well, next bit I wanted to talk about, lads, was Stuart O'Keefe. 
Um, listeners, regular listeners will remember that last week a certain person was talking about how Stuart O'Keefe would be the um, would be a good option in the midfield. Did anyone remember who that was? Who said no, that? No, not for the life of me, Chris. No, it seems to us. <laughs> very true Mikey they weren't um, what a yeah <clears throat> what a performance from him um, Nick you, you saw it on TV did he stand out as much as he did at the game for us he did actually and it made me wonder well you know why isn't why isn't he there more often and um, I think he was uh, we're not talking about the derby game yet but, but players like him were, were definitely missing on Friday um, yeah I mean I you you pick out O'Keefe. You, I don't think you can you can single out any particular player on the Wednesday game to be fair to to them all. But yeah, he was he was immense. Well, that's, that kind of, that's kind of put the mockers on the remainder of my conversation because I was just going to go around picking out players. Um, no, I mean like the re- no, I'm joking. The, re- the reason I bring him up is that he, he's he's one that you know, he's impressed, but he's obviously a guy we've we've taken from South End. Now Dougie had a huge hand in that. It was under Burley, but Dougie's had a, a huge hand in, in getting O'Keefe in, and he's, he's one that we we brought and said, you know, he's for the future. And I think he ma- he made a few little appearances, and and one or two people, I think Andy Street from Five Year Plan for a start, was were very impressed with what they saw. Uh, I always thought he looked amazingly comfortable on the ball for such a young lad with limited experience. But you know, you don't you didn't really know. What, what he had to offer and then the the League Cup run has been a sort of blessing for people like that um, you know Lewis Price as well who sort of uh, sort of put himself out there and shown that he's a very good keeper and a very able deputy for, for Spironi and you, you just but, but O'Keefe's the one who's who to me has benefited the most and so, sorry and obviously John Williams um, you know he, he got himself in in the, in the first team lineup just as a result really of, of what he did on the League Cup so you sort of look at that and how it's a springboard for for even for a club like us. It's not got a massive squad. It's it's been that chance, and you know we're suddenly we're in a League Cup semi final, and well, it's just it's bewildering really. But I mean, the point I want to make on O'Keefe is that you wouldn't have thought it start the the way the season starts. You would never have seen him uh, ha- having an impact. You know, we'd, we'd heard talk about Williams, we'd heard talk about some of the youngsters and seen their promise and. I expected Alex Winter to come in next, really, and, and he's he's had an injury, and maybe that's opened the door for O'Keefe. But I think I think there's a there's a case to sort of to talk about starting him now, or at least getting him much more involved in the first team squad. I don't know if you agree, Ben. Mm, definitely, he, he was fantastic on uh, on Wednesday night. Whole game, he was just running around like he, he did work his socks off, as did every other player. But yeah, for for such a young player who doesn't play much first team football, to be able to go to Old Trafford and and play with that that surety and and yeah, just well, it tells a lot about his character and, and his football in game as well. So he's definitely, like you said, one for the future. And I think mm-hmm. from that performance, we can we can look to see him a bit more in the first team, and, and hopefully he'll get some more game time and show us what he can really do. Mm. Uh, I just want to pick up on a, on a comment from the chat room there, which is www.wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Oh god, that was really difficult to say. Um, <clears throat> uh, serial thrillers uh, in there, and he's talked about how he thought it was Marrow in the first half. Now, <laughs> not only is that well, it's obviously a st- stupid mistake in some ways, but I think that's a huge compliment to O'Keefe because uh, Marrow had such a, a huge impact last season in the central centre of midfield there, and it was a lot of the same really, a lot of energy, you know, high high energy tackling, uh, you know, good positional play, good closing down, but also a decent range of passing, and that's the thing that's impressed me the most with with O'Keefe was, you know, a few little balls with the outside of the right foot, linking play brilliantly, always giving people an option. 
And when we get onto Derby, that, uh, as Nick was sort of indicating, that's something we missed because it's about when you offload a pass, it's you've still got to be, you know, aware of, of, of providing an option for the person you've passed to or passing to them when they've got options. And, and that's something we did brilliantly against Man United. You know, no one was ever sort of given the ball without any options other than Wilf because he doesn't really need any. Um, and I suppose that's that's the next place to go, really, and talk talk about Wilf. Um, got a lot of attention in the press, both before the game and after, uh, and a lot of it was was very much deserved. He was he was absolutely uh, superb in that first half. <clears throat> and I think to it, everyone's talked about the. Um, my voice is gone. Bear with me a second. <clears throat> Excuse start. me. Play some filler if you want. Oh, yeah. Bernago, Bernago, <laughs> Bernago. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I'm fine now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> as I was saying, he's brilliant. In the, uh, Wolf was brilliant in the in the first half, and I think it was you know the reason he wasn't quite as uh, good in the second is that Man United had to respond and had to get people on him, um, and even then it didn't it didn't keep him quiet for the whole time. Um, in terms of sort of mature displays, uh, Ben, would you say that that's probably the best that he's played? Mm, definitely, I think in previous games you can see. A bit of a temper coming in. He, he's some late challenges. You know, he gets quite a few yellow cards. Um, and I just, yeah, I think he was fantastic again. Obviously, every player was fantastic on Wednesday night. But yeah, O'Keefe and Zaha were the two stand out for me. Zaha definitely showed what he's got. I mean, a range of tricks. We know, like, as Palace fans, we know what he can do. But obviously, there's a lot of people out there who don't know what he can do. And for him to, you know, he knows he's on the Sky Sports cameras. Mm. He, he pulled out a fantastic performance. So. You know, maybe there's going to be a lot of people come calling for him in the in the January transfer window. Do you do you feel that that's potentially something that might be worth? You know, I hesitate to say worth criticising, but do you think there's a point to be made that if he's um, again, there's there's a little bit of this in the in the Derby review, but in fact, we'll, we'll talk about it now. Uh, when he came on against Derby, he seemed he seemed a little bit out of sorts, but again, he seemed to want to do everything himself. Um, yeah, I mean on. Much. On Twitter after the game, he, he went and he said it's a team game, Zaha, didn't he? He tweeted, yeah. so he knows himself that, that there's a lack of passing there sometimes. Yeah. But it's something that he's, he can work on in training, and you know, it's something he can easily change. Yeah, easy to forget quite, how, you know, just how young he is, really, and, and that he is, exactly. he's very much still learning the game. Um, Nick, well, from the point of view of the TV, you'd have heard all the sort of superlatives that the commentators were saying, but, I mean, how did you view it as an as overall performance yourself? Um, I thought he was absolutely on fire. It was it was superb in the first half, and and his name was mentioned more than any other player. And you know, it, he was almost named man of the match within the first half. Although Ambrose did get the man of the match on the telly, and I think that was just for the wonder goal rather than his overall performance. But yeah, he was um, who the, the Man United player feigned injury in the end, didn't he, and went off yeah, yeah, after yeah. he got booked. Yeah. Um, it's it's just. Um, Again, it's the whole shop window thing, isn't it? You know, being being um, being in front of the being in front of the nation for a big game, or being in front of the world. Um, thank you, Serial, for that comment in the chat room there. Um, <laughs> and um, and yeah. it, it's just it, it's so frustrating to to watch, and it's it's a bit like the the whole Darren Ambrose thing, and uh, how they're up for such a big game, yet we we go and watch games at Sellers to where it's. It's so flat, and it's it's a whole. I don't know whether it's Dougie's sort of naivety as a manager to to get them up for games, or whether they they think there's more at stake in the league games, and they're a bit more relaxed. 
You, you hear well, about teams that when they get relegated with four or five games to go, suddenly really start playing well. Yeah, with the with the pressure off, you're quite right. Um, I, I don't I don't really know what that is. I think that there's little doubt that in my mind anyway you know i'm sure that the players wouldn't be doing it consciously there's little doubt in my mind that the second they found out they they were playing man united that they their minds certainly in the younger players their minds were were somewhere on that and again like i say not consciously and i'm sure the the management and certainly someone like lenny lawrence would have been would have been more than aware that this is what happens that people's minds will drift onto that huge game and people won't want to get injured and they want to but they want to keep their form and you know it's a, it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of added, added things to think about a lot of people you know may never even get to play at old trafford in, in the rest of their career for all they know so it, it's it's a strange one it's um you know that performance just seemed to have been sort of saved up if you like from the last sort of few weeks it was like a culmination of all the things that we didn't do in the in the games leading up to it we sort of did, all did in that one game and uh, well again going on to derby later on but the derby game was always going to be an anticlimax in my view uh, you know but but certainly i mean my my overriding sort of thing for, for wilf was he looked dead on his feet he looked absolutely dead on his feet towards the end of that second half and then when you, you saw obviously you know, we'll, we'll just briefly go into the Man United uh, penalty situation. It was a blatant penalty, but I'll tell you, at the game, it didn't look it. The angle we had, you couldn't see Paddy pulling the shirt, so everyone was absolutely going mental about that. So soon after the Ambrose goal, he just thought, bloody typical, referees just giving a soft penalty at Old Trafford. But, you know, it was absolutely blatant. <clears throat> but anyway, so we go into extra time, and you're thinking, well, Wilf's got nothing left. Um, he's our our main outlet and you know thank god murray was working as hard as he was and being as successful as he was holding the ball up otherwise he would just get pressure after pressure after pressure he thought he's not going to pull it out my overriding memory was just before we um <clears throat> just before we scored that second is that he's absolutely done park and as he's you know drawn the foul and as he's walked away from that foul he's just got this huge grin on his face you know he's just totally embarrassed g-sung park you know, on live TV, <laughs> you just think that's just fantastic. It's the, you you want to see players that love playing and love, just understand how lucky that they are to be in that position. And he, and he sort of, he does, does seem to, in my view, he seems a really sort of down to earth lad in in that sense. And you know, then the the rest is history, as they say. A great cross into an offside, Murray, and, and away we go. Um, happy days. <clears throat> um, sorry, Chris. It's interesting that we've we've often bemoaned the fact we never score from corners, but the free kick was almost almost a corner, wasn't it? That's it. Near enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, set pieces uh, for a, for a team like us at a place like Old Trafford are are absolutely key. I mean, you'll find most sort of lesser teams, if you like, when they go to the big teams, if they're going to get a result, you find it's through a set piece usually. Um, it was no different when we played Liverpool and won four three. I think most of that was from set pieces. Um, very much that was the sort of couple route to success. And I dare say it's not as well. I mean, Dougie's talked about how much of you know a, an influence someone like Steve's been on his career and, and how he's sort of taken bits of that. And, and I dare say that that's that's something he will be looking to to emulate Chris. in some. Mm. I think Nick wants to say something. I yeah. Think. I've noticed that, yeah. I, was, yeah. I mean, I, I was just finishing a sentence, but uh, it's, it's taken me a while, and I was about... Yeah. Nick, did you want to say something? Um, yes. Shall I say it now, then? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm glad you brought up the comparison with the um, 
with the Liverpool game back in the day because um, the similarity lies in the fact that I spent most of the second half making ah noises at Kenny Dalglish's sour face, and I did spend <laughs> most of the most of the rest of extra time after Murray scored making the same noise at Ferguson, and it gave me a lot of pleasure. Yeah. It gave me a lot of pleasure, and also um, just one other thing about the game is uh, probably what gave me more pleasure than Ambrose's goal, and the, and the whole result was. My son will, um, after the the day after at school, there's, he's got another Palace fan um, in his school, and I said, "Did you talk about the game with your friends?" And uh, he said, "Oh, me and Matthew, we spent all of morning play just jumping up and down, going yes, 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 and finding Man <laughs> United fans and really getting in their faces and going, you're rubbish, Palace beat you, your <laughs> pants.' And I just the vision." Sort of seeing in my mind's eye my, my seven-year-old son just getting that overall feeling of joy and it's the first time in three years of taking him that he's actually had that it's great to be a Palace fan when we're doing well m- moment you know what I mean yeah, yeah. You know, and that gave me more pleasure than anything else They've been few and far between, and I think that's that's a message I, I heard a lot of people saying to, to the younger lot: look, just savour this moment. You know, you, you savour the the three-one win away to Brighton. You know, you you take that. You know, you remember that, and you you give it the respect it deserves. And you certainly do that when you see your team win at Old Trafford. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was I, in '89 as well. Funnily enough, I'm that old. Oh, were you? I, I was. I'm, well, I was old enough to remember it. It was just as I was starting to get really into Palace. You know, bit of a late starter, really, sort of nine, ten years old. But um, yeah, it's one of the um, yeah one of my earliest sort of Palace uh, memories. I had a very um, interesting night out in Warrington after that, but that's for after the show. I'll tell you. <laughs> one of those off-air conversations again, yeah. is it? I, you know how I like to bring them on air, like the thing with Ben earlier. But anyway, yeah. just just make yeah be a bit careful there, what you tell me. Um, <clears throat> Talking of Ben, Ben, can you do me a favour? Can you read out the uh, wonderful Aston's email for sure me? Sure can, yeah. Uh, he says... Oh, I lost it. Okay, found it again. Don't worry. He said, <laughs> O'Keefe, the new face of Duracell and Red Bull. Where did that boy get his energy from? I'm so, so glad we've done well in the cup and it's given Dougie a chance to try new things. If we'd been knocked out early, we wouldn't have seen some of these promising players. I would ring, but I've still lost my voice. When we <laughs> scored at Old Trafford, I almost cried like a baby. So proud of the players. I sat down with beers and relived it all today and we're still clinching fists in the last 10 minutes. Amazing nights. Amazing nights, sorry. The fans were immense. Derby, were, Derby was flat but expected and so excited about the rest of the season. Murray is a mint. And? And? and he, well, he says, well, he no, says I love... Was, go on. No, well, he said, well, this is slightly embarrassing because I assumed that you would be reading the email, so being, uh, being funny, right. I, I added that at the added end. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he didn't say that he loves Ben Nagel, but he you does. We, yeah, we know he does, though. That's the, that's yeah. the thing. Right, well, good probably email again in a minute, won't you, Aston? <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> well, there's a couple of bits I wanted that, that reminded me of, actually. The first thing we said, you talked almost cried like a baby. There's a lot of people who, who said that. Uh, yeah. One of whom was Whole Radio's Mark Ross. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, saw, I saw him at the end of the game, and... Um, he was about as near to tears as anyone I've seen. I think I think he definitely did shed a few because, honestly, the look on his face was priceless. That's one of the things that will, that will stay with me for a long, long while because, you know, he was just, like all of us, he's just absolutely unbelievable. Couldn't couldn't understand, couldn't comprehend how he, what he'd just seen had happened. And I think that's kind of the overriding emotion, really, um, of, of the whole thing. 
if anyone does want to <coughs> does want to um share of any of their memories and save my voice you know, do give us a call on 0208 123 1646 uh, we'll spend a little bit more time on on manu but we'll be moving on to derby soon so so if you want to get the excitement out uh, get it out fairly quickly um <laughs> i don't know if any well i just want to pick up um olds on um on homestyle.net just put a very very simple message it's loved wednesday night it was such a memorable night for all the right reasons it's, it's a nice little summary really um it, it, there was nothing about that night that i thought um other you know other than the stewards i mentioned earlier that that was sour in any way and i include the post-match comments from ferguson in that and that's the sort of the last thing i wanted to bring up really um to, to hear i mean I, I know he's not a massive popular man amongst palace fans really um I I got a lot of time for him, and, and I say that <laughs> Nick. I know you want to speak. I'll let you speak in a minute. I just want to say I know I know that uh, people don't like Matt Ferguson for a lot of reasons, and for me, his uh, attendance of the um, Jeff Thomas charity match, restaging the FA Cup final, um, he he actually came and managed the Man United team for that, and it was in the middle of a really you know hectic important moment in the Premiership for him, uh, and to actually. You know, spend a night down at, at Zellers Park and do that. I thought that showed real class, and I, you know, his achievements have always been impressive. But I think that showed that the man, perhaps behind the the, the guy who always wants to win and always looks at his watch and bemoans every decision, I think that, that shows you that the man behind that is a, is a thoroughly decent person. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I thought that that was in his post match comments. I thought it was incredibly generous of him to to make sure that the focus was on Palace's performance and and he, he to hear him say. You know that he didn't see it coming, and that you know that we deserve to be in the final, not just to be in the semi-finals. He thinks we deserve to be in the final, and I think that that meant a lot to me. I thought that was really nice of him. <coughs> Dick. Yes. Um. With the Alex Ferguson thing, I, it, this may sound um, oxymoronic. I hate Alex Ferguson, but not because he's a bad person, just because he's a winner. Much in the same way I hated Michael Schumacher and Beyond Borg showing me age there, and you know I, I hate the fact that he's he's so good. I'm. I'm I'm sure is a, a fantastic man. I know he's a socialist, and that makes him good as well. Um, what I did want to say was how well Palace fans came across on the telly. Um, you could hardly hear United at all. You'd have thought that Palace were at home. And I know, I know um, a lot of the United fans weren't usual season ticket holders that you know managed to get a ticket because it was a game against lowly Crystal Palace. But um, yeah. the supporters just didn't stop from start to finish. Didn't stop think, at all, yeah. and that was I think, admirable. I think the extra time really did a lot of us in, but because um, you you know it's a hundred and twenty minutes, well more than that. Um, once you account for the fact that we were singing outside still and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, you know it, it was a special atmosphere. And I know from when I was standing outside still screaming my lungs off, and and having Man United fans come up and shake our hands and, and say, look, you know, one that we were the better team, and and two that they hadn't really heard. Um, I hadn't heard away fans make that kind of noise in a, in a long, long time. It's a huge compliment, I think, and <clears throat> certainly when one chorus of, I think it was just the um, From Sellhurst uh, chant, and just, the, I think it was, the, the, you know, the tear we were in actually started to move. You could feel it under your feet at one point, just, you know, the 5,000 in unison, and it was, you know, some, some magical, magical moments, sort of spine-tingling stuff, um, you know, but it was going to be like that, whatever the result. Because you know Palace fans are fantastic away from home anyway, but really, 
And I mean, once you add the the shock of the Ambrose goal, and then the actual, you know, everyone said, look, it's gone to extra time. We've done amazing to do it. We're going to lose three, four, one here. But what a great! We I'm so proud of everyone. And I know uh, Steve Parrish tweeted, sort of, I think long, long before extra time had started, saying that whatever happens tonight, I'm so proud of the team, the you know, the management and our fans. And so it was that kind of a an atmosphere. It was one of those. It's beautiful to have that none of that pressure uh, and just to enjoy yourselves um nick um it was interesting in chat room uh dweeb uh has, i'm sure you'll give you this chat room address in a minute chris dweeb has said um mark bright's tweet was classic though um it was how can you adjust the sound on a samsung tv i can only hear the palace fans on it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely that the chat room is www.holradio.net forward slash chat um, yeah, I mean, I, there was a lot of uh, tweets that were amusing me during the game. I know um, a friend of Hull Radio, Ryan Innes, he was in the Man United end. Um, he was saying that he was naughty for uh, getting up and celebrating, our, you know, at their end. But, I mean, I mean, I love that as well about this club, that you've you've got, you know, youngsters who are, you know, people in the youth team coming to watch us at Old Trafford, for example. That's just fantastic. And, again, seeing Johnny Williams at the end, on his crutches still you know made making sure he was part of the day you know he was one of the people who got us there so he still had his moment you know i'm sure he was gutted not to be out there on that pitch showing people what he can do and in some ways you could say he's been our best player this season and we didn't have our best player um made five changes and still beat man united so and there's, there's a lot of things like that really <coughs> excuse me it was a bit like ian wright at villa park you're quite right nick other than that he didn't come on and score the two oh no at villa park yeah. yeah, when we beat Liverpool. In the yeah, yeah. yeah, you're quite right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I think well, Ben uh, wants to speak. Yeah, I'm going to let Ben speak. Yeah, I was just uh, talking about tweets and Mark Bright, another one he tweeted after the game as well, which I quite enjoyed, about going to sleep in his 1990 FA Cup final top <laughs> and uh, <laughs> daring to dream, which I quite liked. So, yeah, we should right. dare to dream. Last little uh, visit on a few. We've got, we're not going to get to everyone's emails and things, I don't think, today, but last little visit to them. Um, I'm going to read out the innuendo email just for my own amusement. Then we'll go through a few of the four word reviews uh, before announcing the winner of that later on. Um, the email from someone calling themselves Randy Bumgardner, who is a real person, but I don't think it's him. Um, it says, no better side than seeing Ambrose slamming one in. Wilf continually came inside his man. Blah, blah. In the end, Fabio had to go off injured. Glenn Murray came on and changed the game. Wright gave a defensive masterclass, and O'Keefe was a revelation. Now, that last two points there, everyone talked about, pretty much everyone talked about O'Keefe, but um, I'd noticed in, in one of the, I think it was the Croydon Guardian, potentially, I think Graham Moody. Anyway, um, reviews gave right uh, 10 out of 10 and the man of the match um and that's something that probably about the fifth or sixth watch on sky plus no really did sort of really did stand out for me was just how good david wright was that day um yeah i mean we haven't talked about it selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We've, we've probably done this subject to death, but but yeah, he. I thought, like Nick said earlier, you can't really single out too many people because the whole the whole team, all players that were involved, you know, those those went off injured and those that came on, were just absolutely superb, and they all sort of showed that they had perhaps a little bit more than we thought they had. We knew that certainly in our best run this season that they were good players and that they had you know they had a lot in their locker, but I think they showed they have the the mental strength and the togetherness. That the you know that stands us in good stead to perhaps go on and up another level and you know and by the end of the season be pushing at the at the right end of the table rather than scrambling at the wrong end. Um, you know we're pretty much dead centre at the moment, but I think we'll, re- we'll return to winning ways fairly soon. <clears throat> the uh, four word reviews, um, Ben, can you uh, read those for me? <laughs> yeah, we got one from RG Monster, which says energetic, amazing, battle ecstatic. Benny Button says Darren Ambrose is back. Uh, Colin Haynes, 12th man, Conco United. Mr. Tezo says take a bow, son, which is, I think, a good one. And then Aston Davey says, what can I say? So all very good there. Yeah. You missed out the swearing one. It just says we, effing did, yeah. e- we effing did it from Webb's World. I quite like that. Is that from well, Mr. Um, YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty good well be him, yeah. Same language. But, um, yeah, just a last few... Um, sort of last little bit of time to get those four word reviews in if you like so email us radio at homesdale.net or pop them on the threads or the hole on the bbs four word reviews of the man united game best one will win a commemorative t-shirt from red and blue army.co.uk <laughs> nearly ran out of air again it always happens um can you still get commemorative tankards i'd like a we beat man u3 one commemorative tankard to drink my jack daniels out of i think we you know do a nice nice um lining those for the older fan who don't go in for t-shirts anymore because mm. you know they're too we're, we're we're not cool enough for t-shirts that's true you get to a certain age and you're not allowed to wear t-shirts i think you no. can have a t-shirt if it's got a collar so like a polo shirt i think <laughs> i've moved from a t-shirt to a vest which is oh, oh nick I'm, I'm sorry man beyond knitted jumpers next <laughs> yeah, me beyond it's always got a nice cardio on um <laughs> Oh, oh no! no. Says, didn't beat them three-one. Face palm. It was two-one. Yes, serial. Sorry. Yeah, corrected. Okay, and that correction was in the chat room. www.wholeradio.com. Let's <laughs> chat. Oh, You're so it's... slick. I know. I know. It's like the thing to do as well after you've done it and been slick is to draw attention to it because it's really good. That's <laughs> not to do it that way. Um, yeah. I, look, I don't really want to move on from Man United. We're going to have to. Um, but guy, any other last little bits you want to? You can say no, but any last little bits? I I couldn't sleep. Oh, I God. just I was so excited. I was like a four year old. I was just like, I got up about four or five times and was just like walking around going, yes, 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 <laughs> and it was, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I got I got in about half past five, uh, not as late as. Um, not as late as Ben, but I got in about half past five, uh, went 
couldn't get to sleep straight away, obviously, because I was still ridiculously excited, but I didn't want to put a TV on or anything like that. So I got to sleep about 7, I'd say. Just got up at, got up at 10, just watched the game and just spent the entire day on, on watching it on Sky Plus and shaking my head in that sheer disbelief still. It's just one of them. It's just absolutely absolutely stunning so ben unless you got anything we'll 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 leave man united behind for the mm. moment can we sure. can we not just sit here and revel for the next 20 minutes in ambrose's goal yeah well, if, tell you what i'll get the game up on sky plus and we'll give you a commentary of the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, as as nick said i think like earlier on like, just just seeing like dwight york and, and gary neville having to to give the kudos to to palace uh, you could tell I didn't want to, and Neville, look, you know, to me, Neville's unfortunately a very good pundit. I want to hate the guy, but he, you know, he, he's probably the most qualified person on Sky to actually talk about football, and and I thought he was incredibly gushing in his praise, which was really nice to hear. Um, so, yep, I mean, obviously, I, I would extend my thanks to to ev- everyone involved in that game, from the fans to the club, just for giving us that moment. It, you know, it makes all the pain. From the last, <clears throat> I'm not getting emotional. It's just my voice. <laughs> all the pain from the last few uh, few years. Um, it makes it all worth it for moments like that, and you know it reminds you of why supporting uh, a club like Palace rather than glory hunting and supporting a Man United or whatever. It it just reminds you of why that is so much better, and and why it gives you such a you know a wide football experience. Um, well, I think we're very very fortunate to be Palace fans. That's all I would say. On that one. So talking of being fortunate to be, in a, to be a Palace fan, um, we had an absolute blinding game <laughs> against Derby on Friday night. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, obviously, the thing to focus on there is it's fo- uh, 48 hours um, after playing the game of our lives that went to extra time. Uh, you, you can forgive whatever happened in that game. But there are, are a lot of things in that to talk about. Um, and we'll start probably with uh, Stuart Dodsworth's email. That's Stuart Eagle. Uh, ben, once more, help me out. That's fine, yeah. I think Jedi's passing was very poor and increased the pressure on our squad throughout the game by turning our attacks into Derby counter-attacks. That said, I've seen glimpses to suggest that there is more to come. Tired squad and poor Paddy, 120 minutes followed by 90 with standout memories, being a pen given away and an own goal, doesn't do him justice as his effort has been immense. Happy with how the week has gone. P.S. Garvin is a huge bonus. His quick thinking for passes with feet and head make a huge difference. Mm. There's a few few key bits there for us to, to go through. The the first I want to focus on, I don't want to go too much on a on a negative. Now, obviously, he's brought up the situation with Paddy there. Um, Paddy's played two games, uh, 120 minutes followed by 90. So, oh, what the hell? <laughs> It wasn't just me who heard that, right? No, I heard it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, hmm, distracting. So obviously, yes, he's played. He's played two um, two full games, including extra time in one of them. And you will. And the standout memories are he's given away a penalty and he scored a lone goal. And and as Stuart says, it doesn't do him justice. He's, you know, he's worked so hard for that. And you know, that guy is is Mr. Palace at the moment. You know, he he. Is everything that that the club is about, you know, hundred percent effort all of the time. Never takes his mind off anything. He had no choice but to get something on that, and it's just a shame. Again, you know, that it's it's the equaliser. But let's start with the with the goal that we scored. I mean, we threatened early on with through, through Murray, but you know, well, Ben, you you were there. Yeah. Want to talk us through the goal? Yeah, obviously, it's a it's a fantastic strike by by Chris Martin. 
Um, Coldplay pun, insert here. Um, <laughs> it was a good strike, very good strike. Um, but I can't help but think that the keeper could have done a little bit more about it, though. It did take a deflection, maybe. A very, very, very slight deflection if it did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he didn't, didn't seem to make any effort, but that shouldn't take away from what a good strike it was. Um, good work from Ramish to get the ball to, to Martin and then yeah, just turn and shoot and it was a, quite a powerful strike yeah. as well which which didn't didn't help the keeper very much but yeah, good goal. Yeah, it was, um, like you say, it's it good work from Ramage on the right-hand side and he doesn't quite offer what we have from, from Klein but I thought he actually did, did pretty well in the game. He, he certainly wasn't the weakest player on the pitch and you know, say so he he had to. It's like watching it back again. Sky Plus that one. Weirdly, I've deleted it off my Sky Plus now, but I've still got the Man United one. <laughs> Weird. But um, yeah, yeah. Just seeing that seeing that goal. That was all about him chasing down a ball and winning it back after we've been a bit sloppy and giving it away. So that's that's what the goal came from. But Nick, would you say? I mean, the first half we looked decent, didn't we? We did. We did. And I thought we were going to steam it. Um, I really thought we were going to go ahead and, and win by a lot. I was. I was surprised at how Derby came. Well, I wasn't surprised at how much Derby came at us in the second half. Um, I've, I've just, I've got to move on to Calvin. I'm sorry, I've just mm. Calvin Andrew is. We'd have done better, better with ten men. I like Calvin Andrew a lot. I really do. Uh, but again, shot window. Where? What was he doing? I know he was slightly out of position, but he just looked like he couldn't be bothered. That was. And, yeah, come. Cool. As, as somebody said in the chat room, we didn't have any other midfielders on the bench. That was Hubbo. Don't think we had a midfield player on the bench. And it was just... He, he, it was his fault that the, the player got the cross in for Paddy to put it in the goal. And uh, funnily enough, um, my son said, um, he's, for the old FFS Murray thing, mm. um, he said, oh, flipping it, Paddy. And I, that made me smile. That was kind of like a seven-year-old version. <laughs> Mm. The Calvin Andrew point as well. Uh, obviously, he was playing in midfield, slightly out of position. That that brings in the the Cadogan point. Doesn't Cadogan play in midfield? Why can't he play? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something that was um, very much uh, a topic of discussion on on Homesdale, and you know, I've, I've seen on the BBS as well. Where where you know, basically, where is Kieran Cadogan? And it's it's a strange thing because he he was one of those. That under Burley, he you know he was starting to start games and he was looking dangerous. He looked a hell of a player, and didn't really do anything on the pitch that was wrong to see him to see him lose out. Mm. Uh, it was one of those where I think the has Chris gone. Chris, hello. <laughs> Oh, Phil, oh, wow, this is good. Just play, play okay, my... Play my Ben-Nago! 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 Epic fail. We've actually got an email, uh, an email about Calvin Andrew, haven't we? Um, who is it? Is it Bambi? Yeah, Bambi's Bambi. been emailing saying about um, how um, we should swap him for um, Big Claude. Oh, I can hear a phone. Are we, are we phoning Chris? Hi everyone, my internet's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll continue on the phone for the moment. <clears throat> right in the middle of saying there. I was in the middle of saying something about Cadogan, wasn't I? Oh, that's a bit frustrating. Um, <clears throat> yeah, help. No, he was, um, yeah, I was just saying he didn't make either squad, I don't think. So, you know, the question is, what, what has he done wrong? Now, Calvin played left wing... Uh, in, in pre-season and he impressed against I think 
East Grinstead. Um, that was the game where he managed to <laughs> where he managed to strike the ball directly into my stomach, which was perhaps the most impressive thing he did. But um, no, I, look, I don't know. I don't allow him to, to Calvin at all. I really don't. I, I think you know he's he's someone who the only thing you could never label label him before. You could never label that when he was on the pitch pulling on the shirt that he didn't always give his all. But I would go along with with what Nick said, and it, it seemed like. Whether it was because he was playing left wing or whether it was because he hadn't played enough competitive football for a long, long time, he did not look up for that game. He did not look like he was interested. And the worrying thing was, I'm not sure why he remained on the pitch. So uh, it's a bit of a frustrating thing. Uh, my internet seems to be back now, guys. So what I'm going to do, if, I, uh, if you could um, <laughs> perhaps talk to each other a bit more well, about Calvin. I've got, Calvin I've and got a point about yeah. Kevin Andrews, though. Uh, it, was it, was, it was very good. <laughs> Most informative. Yeah, no, I'll get you back no worries. Yeah, Thanks cheers. for calling. Talk to you again soon. No worries. Bye. Yeah. Something with, Bye. Something with Bye. Calvin Andrew. Uh, I think I'm not one to boo players, but I do think it was it was a bit out of order when he when he went off to for the crowd to cheer. I did think that was a bit mm. harsh. But yeah, I don't think <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that Calvin Andrew will be getting anywhere near the first team anytime soon. Like warranting that performance. I think no. we've seen the last of Calv. I tweeted it at the game. I've, I've got a photo on my Twitter, and I, I said to you, that's it for him now. He had his chance. He's blown it, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm 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 really sad to say it, but we've got enough enough players to to fill in for him. I was I was bemused yeah. as to why Chris Martin came off first, and and you could see the bemusement on Chris Martin's face when he came off as well, because once Darby mm. scored, we didn't have that that player that could. Score a goal from where he scored from. Yeah, when that when that option. when that change came, I think the first substitution was uh, Zaha for Martin, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, possibly. But you know that you saw Zaha warming up, and you just thought, okay, well, Doug, Dougie's Dougie's realised absolutely nothing is happening out on that left wing. Stick stick Zaha out there. We've suddenly we've got an outlet, and we can go on and, and do something in this game. Um, yeah, and like you say, the bemusement <coughs> on perhaps everyone's faces, not just the Chris Martin's. Um, it's, it was a—I don't know—you don't want to criticise managing, and obviously, you know, you would kind of expect um, a certain degree of professionalism from the players um, that hadn't been playing. You know, this is the, like this is Andrew's chance. You know what I mean? That was—that's his chance to say, "Look, I want to be involved. I, I you know, I want to be picked on a regular basis. I think I deserve it." Because as a professional footballer, he must think he deserves it. He must think that he's good enough for this level and good enough for that team. Um, and and where where was it? Where was where was that? Show, you know, where was he? How was he showing people? Uh, all he showed. You know, a majority of Palace fans who've been on his back, and you know, I'm not one of them. I've not one of them who's ever laid into him, but he's it, all he's shown them is why that they're correct to be giving him a hard time. And, and I, I struggle to see how he's ever going to get back. And I, I struggle to see how he's going to play another game for Palace. That, that's what I struggle to see. I certainly wouldn't pick him in the FA Cup against Derby. <clears throat> so no, definitely I mean, not. Perhaps definitely not. some, perhaps some harsh words, but I think they were deserved. Now. The other thing that was, uh, despite the the interruption, the other thing that was a bit uh, a talking point, if you like, was um, was Jedinak. Now we've already talked how Cadogan has not been in the squad, and, he, and it could be reasons for it. With this, you kind of got 
the opposite situation. Now, Jednak's had a couple of really strong games in a Palace shirt. Um, he's someone who is a very, very good player, in my view. Um, but <laughs> perhaps, it, well, I completely understand why people have a different opinion. Because there's been too many games, in all honesty, where he just hasn't been able to show that. Now, I know he got quite a lot of... Um, compliments from from the sky commentators about his energy and you know the fact that he was ta- you know tackling hard and i think he can spot a pass i just don't think he can execute a pass and i know myself and aaron were talking about that uh before the show i mean you know it's all very well seeing a pass but if you're going to hit the ball about 200 miles an hour sh- harder than you should do then you, you know what what chance are you giving your your teammates really uh ben, ben how did you see jednak's performance Mm, well, I mean, he's good in the air. He's big. He's strong. Um, but I just think he's not—he's not that good with the ball at his feet. I think he's the the weakest player in the t- in the squad with the ball at his feet. He's not a bad player, but he, there's a lot to be improved there. I think um, he's in the squad because because he's big and he, he's strong. He wins tackles, like you've just said. But yeah, with the ball at his feet, not the greatest. I don't think. Mm. Nick, um, any anything positive you could say about his performance? He breaks up. He's he's good in one respect in that he breaks up the play well. It's just he can't pass at the moment, and I don't know how tired he was after his sojourn. Did he play in Australia or or somewhere out in the Far East during the international break? I don't know how much that would have taken out of him. Um, I'm just wondering, if, you know, if that had something to do with it, or it's it's the whole after Man United thing, isn't it? It's kind of oh, do we need to be that bothered because it's only Derby? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know? I think. I think if we if I'd seen you know a, a youngster picked uh, who had underperformed or you'd seen someone who'd played on on Wednesday night come in and and that, you know really really struggle you can kind you can forgive that can't you you know because you expect yeah that, you know that's that's why you got to give Paddy a break he's done the right thing he's gone to get the ball but you know he's whether or not the tiredness even had an effect you know he's he's put his heart you know he's put his heart and soul into the performance for Palace you can't I mean you can't forgive that now. Stuart talked about uh, Garvin playing actually well. Now, I, I agree with that. I do think Garvin looks, looks, does look a bonus, and he shows what it's like to, to be able to use the ball. Um, but you don't, I don't know, you don't need someone like Jednak along someone like, some, alongside someone like Garvin unless Jednak can pass the ball. Uh, ben, you want to make another little, little point on that? Mm, yeah, one thing about Jednak, it could be that he hasn't quite adapted to English football yet. Obviously, playing his playing his football in Turkey before, mm. English football is a lot faster than, than what you see in some places in Europe. I mean, in most places in Europe, actually, English football is, is very quick. And I think maybe Jednak hasn't quite adapted to the style of play yet. Maybe give him mm. a couple, a season or two. You know, maybe he'll, he'll be up to the standard that we want from him. Mm. It's an interesting point that you're talking about Jedi and Garvin together because... Um, Garvin plays really well with Wright, and I don't see Wright as being that playing that different a role to what Jedinak should do. And, and we know what Wright was like at the start of the season. Every ball kind of went 50 foot up in the air and about two yards mm. forward. Mm. So, but you know, Garvin and Wright seem to seem to pair well, and I think Garvin had a lot more confidence in in having Wright with him mm. in that kind of central midfield role. So yeah. he he had the confidence to go forward. Um, Hubbo says Jedi's could still come very good if we keep telling him what our colours are at the start of each game <laughs> it's a good point I just want to make one last little observation on what you said Nick before we move on quick um, 
I, I think when you talk about David Wright, I think one of the things, and I, and I did read this on either the BBS or Holmesdale, so apologies for stealing it, but I do agree. Um, and it was about the fact that David Wright plays that role fully aware of his limitations. You know, he knows what he can and do and what he can't do. Um, so he won't try to hit a pass through 18 different players. There's not that many on the pitch, but you know what I mean? He, he, won't, he won't take on something that he can't achieve. And, and he plays within himself he play you know he he accepts the role that he has in the team jedanak is playing like he's a better player than he is now i'm not saying he isn't as good as he thinks he is in his mind and i'm not saying he won't grow into it i think it's a very good point that, that's, that's been made that you know he he might be one of those who has a who will take a while to to adjust to the game and like like i said he's against ipswich he was absolutely sensational it's one of the one of the strongest midfield performances i've seen in in a long long while and he was instrumental in us being such a good un- team unit in that game but you can't is, live off the back of one game is that the difference between a premiership player and a championship player is that consistency the premiership players can do it consistently week in week out and although a championship player might be on his day as good if not in some occasions better than premiership players Zaha being a case in point it's just that consistency that that is the difference mm, I, I think it's a, yeah i think that is the difference definitely um but again it's not to say that he doesn't have that within him to become consistent um but you know he he's at the wrong end of that at the moment he's he's too far away to be being picked on that regular basis and i think someone like o'keefe has now shown you know he's shown what what playing in that central midfield is all about it's not just enough to have energy you know to have you have to have a bit of intelligence and you have to be able to pass the ball um it's it's an obvious statement to make but you you, we can't you can't accommodate someone who's just going to put pressure on the team by just giving the ball away too often trying the stupid pass too much just keep it simple when he when he plays it simple, he's a good player. So, I want to look, look. I don't want to dwell too long on Derby. Listen, um, uh, Johnny the Eagle sort of sums up the sort of general feeling uh, on Hull and, and quite well. He says that he certainly thinks we've dropped two points against Derby, as we did against Millwall. He came away from both games bewildered at the tactics. Martin ten yards behind Murray. Um, we should be looking to attack at home anyway. Now two wins and one draw from Forest to a fourth bottom, I believe. Uh, worried from Wyvernhoe, but <laughs> yeah, he's he's making a very good point. Now again, I said earlier on, we're, if you add seven points as much as you um, take seven points off, we're we're probably still, you know, just about central. It's it, it's not. I'm not personally. I'm not worried. I think we've got so much more to come. I think we're in poor form in the league, rather than we're not reverting to our to type, if you like. This is we weren't in good. You know, we weren't excelling before, and now we're back to normal. I think we're just in poor form, and and we should have beaten Millwall. We talked about last week. We should have beaten Millwall, and and we should have beaten Derby, in my view, even in the circumstances of having to change so many players and having to play so quickly. You've got to remember, a lot of those people also travelled up to Old Trafford as well. Might not have played, but they also had that the travel, and they've also had the you know a day to prepare for a game, if you like. So, I think I think now is not the time to worry too much, and. Um, you know, other than you know the the issue over Andrew, and the issue over Jedinak's form, um, it's not it's not too much to worry about there. Um, what we'll be worry worrying is if we continue in in the same vein for a few more weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. So talking about continuing, the next game, oh God, it's on Tuesday and it's at Barnsley. 
Oh, God. Well, I'm going to that one. <coughs> um, and not not that many others are. I think the last... Grant's going. Time. My brother Grant is going. Hello, Grant. I think you're listening tonight. Can I well, say hello, Jackie, my other sister? And, uh, sorry, before you go on, Nessa, uh, Nessa on Twitter is desperate to have her name read out on the radio. So We love you, Hello, Vanessa. Nessa. Bernago! <laughs> Sorry about that. What the hell happened there? <laughs> it's like, all of a sudden we became... Anyway, no, no, no. Anyway, right, I'm going to go on. Oh, don't, you're going to use that clip, aren't you, Mikey? Anyway, uh, Barnsley preview time. Um, don't want to go too much into the details here. It's going to be a cold Tuesday night up in Barnsley. They're a team that sort of drift beneath the um beneath people's views i don't can't kind of kind of really don't know the result from week to week that they have i just don't really pay any attention to them i always assume they're at the bottom of the league but maybe they're not who knows um but you know it's, it's a game that i would expect us to to go up there and take to them um and i don't think it's wrong to to expect that um in terms of the lineup uh guys what do you want to see ben first Mm, I think we've got a very, very strong squad. I think Freeman's done very well in doing that. Looking back over over the last couple of games, we've we made ten changes from the game at United for the game at Derby, and it was still a very strong starting eleven. So, looking at the depth that we've got in the squad, it should be a very strong eleven. Although we're playing what three games in in a week or whatever, it should still be a very strong lineup from Dougie Freeman. Um, oh, Mikey's just pointed out they're one place behind us in the league. Do you see what I mean? Believable. Um, Nick, obviously, I'd imagine you want to see more like the Man United lineup than you want to see the Derby lineup. But well, I'd like to see the Palace Man lineup at Man United. I don't want to see a Man United lineup. Yeah, no, no fair. Play. I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I'd like to see. Um, I think Ramish didn't do a bad job against Derby, but we did miss Klein. So I'd like to see Klein back in there. Um, I kind of agree with Serial Thriller in the chat room. He's saying O'Keefe should be in the midfield with Wright and. Um, Zaha and Ambrose on the wings um, and I'd like to see us play too I'd like us to attack a bit more away from home um, Sirian also says he'll be surprised if there's um, more than 99 Palace fans there so um, we'll, we'll see that when we go yeah. there yeah I'd like to see us, us attack a bit more away from home yeah I mean I don't I, I don't really see I mean, we're always going to play on the break the way the way we set up away from home. I, I'm more frustrated with the with the, the way we don't attack at home as much, and yeah. and I don't. Again, I I think it's important to retain perspective when you say that because when I when I've seen, I think a good example actually is is the Leicester game, and it's away. So in in a, in a way, it's not the best example, but what you know, we were in that game at one nil down. We're absolutely in that game and, and Dougie just, you know thought I've got to go for it and he switched the formation and switched the team to, to go 4-4-2 and we can see two quick goals now they were sensational goals but there's an argument to say that we're not strong enough to play a 4-4-2 uh, and not concede so it's kind of like which way round do you do it do you kind of do you, do you keep tight play on the break at home and away and, and hope to get these results in the way that we had been doing or have we reached a point now where we're just not creating enough and we're just not scoring enough and we just have to perhaps throw a bit of caution to the wind earlier? I, it, it's a difficult balance in my in my view. And I think where we are is not where people... is much higher than people expected to be and we shouldn't lose sight of that in my view. 
that's that's just what I think. Um, ben, can I get your opinion on what you want to see in terms of the central midfield? I think that's the key area for me. Mm, um, I wouldn't play Jednak, unfortunately. I think my my two. Well, looking back at the derby game, I think. Uh, hang on, right. Let me have a look at the. I've got the <laughs> lineup here in front of me. Um, obviously, we play Garvin and Jednak. My, I would play Garvin with Wright, as as uh, Nick was saying earlier. Um, so it's a difficult one to decide actually obviously because people have played yeah. played on Friday night played on Wednesday night you know who it's difficult to decide who who's going to play I would I would start with Ambrose in the midfield obviously not in the centre though I'd play Garvin and I would play right I wouldn't play Jennet because he's not very good with the ball at his feet mm. I, I think um, see I, I want to see us play O'Keefe that's what I want and, I, and I, the, the trouble I have is I don't know I don't know who's going to come out of that I mean well, if we look at who like, we've got, there's there's Garvin, there's Jed and that, there's O'Keefe, there's KG, there's Wright. We've got loads of options in there, haven't we? Yeah. See, I think, Dave, to me, David Wright has, has made himself the sort of first-choice starter, and I think it's bizarre for me to think that. But at the start of the season, I couldn't I couldn't ever think of myself saying that. But I, I, I just think it's got to be him and, and two others, and I think there's got to be one, one who sits alongside him and one who plays ahead of them. Now, the one alongside him, in my view, should have been Garvin, um, had, you know, but for the injury that he suffered. And then you had a more attacking player at the point, and, and I always thought that's going to be KG. But on the way people have, have actually performed, you know, I'd like to see perhaps O'Keefe alongside, right? Uh, and then I'm sort of stuck for that point, the sort of the slightly more advanced. And I think that's potentially... And again, this goes against everything I've ever ever really said on the whole radio. I think potentially Ambrose can do that job um, because it's the sort of role that Williams was playing, if you like. Um, and that's that's the only other thing that I'd quite like to see. Uh, I've talked about him before, but Kyle De Silva is um, is playing playing some good stuff in the development squad and the under 18s apparently. And where we've lost Johnny Williams, I think that he's a similar enough type of a player that if if you know if Dougie thinks he's got it got enough about him to you know to risk him i think it'd be nice to see him at least on the bench perhaps but anyway that that's kind of my thinking in midfield i you see what i mean the point i was kind of making really is it's, it's a struggle i can't make my mind up at all i really can't it's just you know we've kind of got this situation where people you would have thought you know if we can let's drop them have played their way into automatic starting positions it's it's a bizarre season. It really is a bizarre season. So, I mean, in, in the same vein, really, um, I, again, we want to see us take it to Barnsley, but in the same vein, we then travel to Forest on the Saturday. Uh, it's not really that close, so you can see perhaps a similar thing with the lineup, bringing Klein back in. Um, who would you pick at, at left back? Obviously, Moxie's off, so it kind of sets, screams par, who's been pretty sensational. But, I mean, for, for both those games. You know, is it perhaps a, a case to suggest that uh, we need Par further up in the midfield and we can bring in Parsons? Uh, ben, you first. Sorry, say that again, Chris. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I wanted to say, I was just suggesting that obviously playing at, at left-back, Johnny Par. Yeah. Um, is there a case to say that, you know, we need him further forward and potentially bring Parsons back into the fray? Um, well, there'd be Johnny Par uh, is able to play at left-mid and left-back. I think... Yeah, well, possibly. I think Johnny Parr's better when he's playing in midfield. Um, but yeah, Parsons, Parsons could definitely slip into the right. into left back position. Okay, mate. And Nick, what did you think about the lad on loan from Cardiff? He wasn't bad, was he? He was 
bad. I'm a bit worried. Somebody somebody tweeted last week about um, Tonchev giving Leicester City the lowdown on Palace, which is why they, they were able to turn us over. I think we should send him back to Cardiff pronto before he starts mm-hmm. telling them too much about our squad, unless we can talk to him and find out um, what Cardiff are actually like a bit more. Um, he, he, he was effective. Um, it, it, I, was, I was questioning why we got him in the first place, but I can see why we have now. Um, yeah. He was just effective. Yeah. Nothing um, more. Um, it's weird. I, mean, I think Gardner's been been kind of erratic form wise and I suppose when I say when I say that I mean it's actually been erratic during the game in that he'll be you know kind of almost premiership quality for most of the game and he's just having these weird moments of late where he just seems to be trying to like you know almost dribble the ball out of uh, out of the defence in the kind of the way Jose Font Font, I can't even say his name anymore good job he left yeah but I, you know, I I don't know. I I was quite I was quite impressed with him, and I wouldn't. I mean, we've got the guy on loan. We paid him a wage. He'll want to play some games. But like you say, there's a bit of a worry over him being a Cardiff player. But I'd quite like to to see him again. And and again, people have talked. I don't think we should be resting Paddy, like was uh, posted on Homestale. But um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be averse to seeing you know in one of those games to see see him a bit more of him. Some um, player. Um. Okay. Uh, let's well, let's see who's won this T-shirt then. <laughs> it's um, number five, so bear with me. It is Colin Haynes. Oh, I know Colin's uh, listening now. Well done, Colin. You've won your you've won the uh, commemorative uh, Manchester United one Crystal Palace two T-shirt from RedAndBlueArmy.co.uk for your four-word review of the game, which was 12th Man Conquer United. Probably would have been better with 12th Man Conquers United. I don't know. Conquer? Con- no, it wouldn't. I've been an idiot. You were right first time. <laughs> so we'll, um, we'll be emailing you or PM- PMing you on Hulse a little bit later on to get your size and your details, and I'm sure Terry will be sending that out. For those of you that didn't win, visit www.redandbluearmy.co.uk uh, and go to the shop page there and you'll see the t-shirt we're talking about. Why not buy one? They're great. What on, what on earth is that sound? It's all falling apart again, as, as, every, as it does every single week. <clears throat> okay, we're not going to really get to everyone's emails, but we've got one last one I'm going to get to. I don't know who it's from, because it's not on there. But uh, it just says, may I just say how impressed I was with Zahar's matchup with Fabio. He started quietly <laughs> fondling with Fabio. He looked quite comfortable with how far he was going. Then things suddenly changed with dramatic penetration time and time again. Getting in deep in behind Fabio and swinging over some unexpected balls. His finishing was sporadic, but he left Fabio completely ragged. And he eventually hobbled, it's serial thriller who wrote this, eventually hobbled from the fray with an injury. But Zahar wasn't finished there, continuing to smash his way into the opposition box as he found new vict- a new victim and kept up with incessant penetration. He never looked like pulling out and he almost had to cringe while watching it as it was so horrific. He had to go on, he had to go on all of Man United's players and even two hours in, he still kept going. And he says, in all, in all serious, no, seriousness, though, he thought Parr was brilliant, which is, again, absolutely true. He was sensational. Every player deserves credit, but he hardly got beaten once and as a left-back, he's arguably arguably better than moxie in my opinion 
Cheers for that, mate. Um, that's actually a very good point. I think Moxie, it's a real shame to see him get an, in, get an injury, and I think he's out for, I think, at least till after Christmas. Uh, so it's an ideal chance for Parr to play in his natural position. Uh, he didn't look as perhaps as effective uh, against Derby as he did against Man United, but I, I think you know he can cement that position now. Defensively, I, I'm more comfortable with him, definitely, I, I would say. Uh, and potentially when Moxie is back, maybe he can play a little bit further forward. Okay, I think that's everything we're going to go with today. Um, lads, anything else you want to say before I end things? Yeah. Um, do we... What? Too much. Sausages. 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 Okay. Ah, that's no good, is it? Lewis Price played well, you wanted to say, Nick, apparently. Well, Dweeb says in the chat room. Uh, it, it was good to see him get a good round of applause on Friday, actually. Yeah. As he came off for, after his warm-up. It, it can't be easy being um, back up to a keeper. No, well, certainly when you when it's that keeper is Spironi and you know the situation you're in. Um, I think from from when we signed Price, he looks a lot leaner and you know a lot fitter than he did before. Um, and I think he's he's proved he proved in the League Cup that he's a capable keeper. Um, you know, and great great that he signed a new deal as well. And I know Wes Fodringham's uh, impressing down at Swindon as well. I think they're desperate. Fans are desperate to hang on to him there. Has he broken so, some sort of record there? Uh, I think he got close to it. But I think it was, he conceded a goal in the end against. Oh, uh, no. I, think it, I think it was AFC Wimbledon potentially or MK. Yeah, I don't know. He yeah, ended up conceding. Yeah, so unfortunately he didn't break the the record there. But but I mean he's had another clean sheet yesterday. I think it was. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely on fire down there. So you know goalkeeping positions are looking pretty well covered there. In hindsight, I think Lewis Price should have played left midfield on Friday. He would have been more effective. <laughs> oh, dear. On that note, thank um, you very much to, uh, to Nick and Ben for today. Uh, thanks very, very, very much to Mikey for producing so effectively. And um, apologies for the slight technical issue of me disappearing. And it was. And <laughs> thanks. Thanks very much, yeah, for coping with my uh, my sudden disappearance and re-emergence on the phone. Uh, apologies for my voice. And thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bernago! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.